On today's episode, we talk about some college football changes that could affect your Texas Longhorns. Your Texas baseball team is in the H for the Shriners Classic. We'll preview those matchups. Plus, you know, this is a Chris Beard stand account. I praise the Texas men's basketball coach as we end the regular season. It's Friday, Longhorn Nation. Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jonathan Davis, the voice of of University of Texas football and basketball. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Longhorns on YouTube for exclusive content and to put a face behind the voice of your favorite podcast. Make sure you like us, rate us, review us, give us five stars, anything less than that. I have to believe you're not listening hard enough. It's Friday, once again, Longhorn Nation, and y'all know how we do it on this podcast. Let's get right into it. So the College Football Rules Committee is in Indianapolis this week. It seems like everybody is in Indianapolis, whether it's for the NFL Combine. Shout out to Josh Thompson and Dicker the Kicker, Dicker the Special Teamer, representing the Texas Longhorns at the NFL Combine. But the College Football Rules Committee are also in Indy, and they're cooking up some big changes. They're talking about some big changes that could potentially affect the Texas Longhorns football team in every football team in the country. So their main goal is to limit plays, limit exposure in the name of player safety, right? They're trying to speed up the game. So how many uh, less plays can teams run? How many less exposures can these players take? And how would that affect player safety moving forward? So the rules committee has been meeting to discuss how teams can play less football. If you're an audio listener, I have air quotations on less Football. So their key premise is that players are potentially exposed to harm when they are playing football and playing less of it is the goal. And so we've seen them try this before um, in 2006, where they tried to speed up the game by um, starting the clock as soon as the player would kick off the opening kick instead of when the kick was received um, and other rules like that that sped up the game. And we saw a significant decrease in, in plays per game and scoring per game. And, you know, a lot of teams complained about that. Teams started running kind of, you know, no huddle offenses, up tip offenses to, you know, replace uh, or compensate for the plays that they were losing, for the offense that they were losing at the time because of those college football rule changes. And so now college football is looking again to find creative ways to speed up the game, um, you know, expose these players to less harm. And you have to think a big reason for that is the legal ramifications when you have so many, these are college students, right? So you have so many um, lawsuits of, of players getting hurt and, and different things happening. And, and college football is trying to protect their sport. They're trying to protect their brand. And ultimately, I'm trying to protect the players that make up the brand and make up the sport by trying to find ways to speed up the game. You look at a rule like targeting, a lot of us think at times it's unfair and it's excessive. Uh, but that's just their way of cleaning up the game and saying we're not tolerating these excessive hits. Uh, if you hit a player, you know, in the head, if you lead with your head, you will be ejected from the game. It's just them making an example out of the players letting, uh, you know, everybody in college football know 
that that will not be acceptable. And so we've seen um, kind of player safety, how that's potentially uh, affected some college football rule changes and just rule changes in football, period. Uh, A lot of people, me included, were not fond of the college football playoff, deciding not to go to 12 teams. I think that four teams does not give you the opportunity to accurately um, decide who the champion is each year. I think there's more than four teams every year in college football who are worthy of competing for a national championship. You have those fifth and sixth and seventh and eight teams on the outside looking in, and you never know what's going to happen in in a one-game scenario. Any team that's at five, six, seven, or eight can come in and beat a team that's at one, two, three, or four. But a big reason um, that, you know, the ACC, SEC, and certain conferences have turned down the college football playoff going from four to 12 teams is because if it goes from four to 12 teams, that means that's more football that these players have to play and more football that these players have to play according to the college football rules committee. And just the statistics statistics shows that they're more exposed to harm. And that is something they're trying to shy away from. So once again, a big reason that that college football has not moved to the 12 team playoff yet is in the name of player safety, right? They don't want players having to play more games, exposing themselves to harm, exposing um, themselves to these hits. And we know that football players, um, you know, we see them smiling on TV and walking around making appearances and stuff, but football is a, a tough and dangerous game. And, you know, you take these hits in, in the trenches or just these hits, um, and, and it a lot of times you have lifetime, you know, lifetime damage, you know. I, it, it may not be anything that prevents you from living life, but, you know, this football takes a toll on your body, and it's going to take a toll on your body for the remainder of your life. You know, we see so many players retiring earlier now, um, just understanding what the game of football does to your mind and, and to your body. And we see players walking away once they've gotten their money and they're healthy. We just saw Ali Marpet, the offensive lineman from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, retire at 28. And everybody's saying, 28, that's so young. But, I mean, he's been taking hits since high school. He's been taking NFL hits for seven years. He's won a Super Bowl. He's got his money. And he said he wanted to walk away healthy. We looked at Aaron Donald, who, you know, talked about, of course, he's probably going to come back now. But he talked about retiring at the Rams won the Super Bowl. And it's like, why retire so early? Um, But he's accomplished everything he wants to accomplish, and he's consistently taking hits in the trenches. So players are starting to understand, teams are starting to understand, and college football is really starting to understand, the NFL really starting to understand what the toll that these hits and this contact takes on the players, and that's a big reason that they're implementing these rule changes. We also saw in the NFL why, you know, overtime rules, uh, why, you know, if you look at the Chiefs and the Bills game, a lot of people were like, oh, Josh Allen didn't get the ball back. Why don't teams both get a chance to possess the ball? Well, a big reason for that, too, is they don't want players exposed to more plays. They don't want players taking more hits. You know, if you give both teams both teams a chance to score, that's only more potential for a player to get hurt. That's only extending the game, only allowing players the potential uh, to go out there and something bad can happen. So we've seen already how in the name of player safety it's affected uh, college football and NFL rules that maybe fans and, and some players uh, would like to see change. And so two of the rules that they are potentially adding to college football this year, the first one is they're going to treat incomplete passes as if you were running out of bounds. So right now, if you throw an incomplete pass, the clock will not start again until the ball is snapped. They are trying to change that to where the ball will snap when the referee signals ready to play. So that is a big change. The second one is, which I agree with, I've never agreed with them doing this in college football. I don't think it accurately prepares you for the NFL, 
is not stopping the clock after a player gets a first down. So we know that in college football, um, when players get first downs, the college football, excuse me, when players get first downs, the clock stops. And like I said, I've just never agreed with that, you know, but I get it. And I think if you're preparing players for the NFL, that doesn't happen in the NFL. So they're trying to speed up the game. These two rules would speed up the game. If, if you have, uh, especially in, you know, clutch situations, late game situations, if you throw an incomplete pass and you know that you have to get to the line of scrimmage and be ready to snap the ball when the referee signals ready to play, that, speed up, that speeds up the game, um, kind of forces offenses to go more up-tempo. But if you don't, that, you know, limits plays in the game because – more time is running off the clock after incomplete passes. And then, of course, every time that a person gets the first down, the clock will stop, which would slow down the game, allow for more plays. But if you get the first down and you have to, you know, hurry up and get to the line of scrimmage or just the clock is running, that takes away less exposure and less plays in the game as well. So I, I agree um, with some of these rules just because I know, you know, I've seen the, the effects that, that football can have on your body and it's a dangerous sport. And, you know, the SEC, they looked up some t- statistics and said that if you can limit a certain amount of plays per game, you're almost guaranteeing that college football players will play about 1.2 games less per season. And so that's huge. You know, when, when you talk about um, college football players and the impact that football has on their body. So I'm in full support of these college football rule changes. I do think we saw when they implemented those rules I spoke about earlier in 2006, it led to a lot more up-tempo offenses and coaches trying to compensate for those plays that they were missing, I think that that will do it again. And that affects a team like the Texas Longhorns, who probably want to play fast because they have so much offensive firepower. You know, if, if you uh, if there's first down, after first downs, the clock continues to run, and after incomplete passes, the clock will run when the referee signals ready to play. I think you'll see teams compensate for that once again by going to a more up-tempo offense. And a team like Texas that has so many playmakers will probably go to a more up-tempo offense to make sure they're getting as many plays as possible, to make sure they're scoring as many points as possible. So once again, just two potential college football rule changes that you could see very soon after incomplete passes. The clock will start on the referees ready to play rather than when the ball is snapped. And secondly, they're taking away potentially the clock stopping after a player gets a first down in college football. Some huge rule changes that could affect how this game is played forever. March Madness is only a few weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even game customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating 
you there. So your college, your Texas Longhorns college baseball team are undefeated. They are now 9-0, heading to Houston to start tonight a three-game series in the Shriners Classic. They'll be playing at Minute Maid Park where the Houston Astros play their home games. And so tonight they play Tennessee. Tomorrow they play who do they play tomorrow? LSU. I'm <laughs> sorry. And then on Sunday, they play UCLA. So three games uh, against three really tough teams. Um, but Texas is the number one team in the country. So it's going to be a tougher matchup for those teams rather than the Texas Longhorns. When you look at Tennessee, they're 8-0. They scored 121 runs in their eight games. I don't know if you've seen yet, but they have a pitcher, Ben Joyce, who's throwing 103 miles per hour, um, 101, 101, 100 consistently. Um, he, he's nasty. He's looking like uh, he's going to be an early round draft pick um, uh, in college, in baseball next year if we even have a season and have a draft next year. Jesus. But uh, Tennessee looks really good, and it's probably going to be the toughest uh, test for uh, Texas so far tonight at 7 in Houston. On Saturday, they play LSU, and LSU is 8-1. and one. They slipped up and lost to Louisiana Tech. But since then, they're outscoring opponents 52-6. to six. So a really good baseball team, a tough matchup for Texas on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I will be in the building at 3 o'clock when the Texas Longhorns take on the UCLA, UCLA Bruins. Now, UCLA is probably um, the least toughest matchup out of these three between Tennessee, LSU, and UCLA. So UCLA comes in 6-3. and three. They started off 2-3. and three. They have one for straight. Um, but, but really what bodes well for the Texas Longhorns is that Tennessee, LSU, and UCLA have yet to play a Power 5 opponent. And we saw what Texas was able to do when they played Alabama, who came into that series undefeated, came to Austin 5-0, and left Austin 5-3. and um, and, and so I think Texas has a huge advantage there. And then they're coming off the win on Tuesday against the Sam Houston Bearcats, a game that was never in doubt. So your Texas Longhorns baseball team, number one team in the country, got some stiff competition this weekend in Houston. Uh, but I think we should all be excited to watch this team, watch them play against some really stiff competition and, and see where they stack up. You know, we know that they're their number one team in the country, probably have the most talented roster from top to bottom. Uh, but, you know, of course, they play a lot of games. They're not going to go undefeated. And so, you know, one of these teams could uh, get Texas uh, uh, this weekend. Of course, if they're able to go undefeated, it just continues to validate. Uh, you know, the Bet Online thinks they're the best. They have the best odds to win the College World Series. Most experts think they have the best odds to win the College World Series. I've said on this podcast that they're going to win the College World Series. And so uh, three wins this weekend will just go a long way to proving that. But even if they go two and one, I doubt they go one and two. This team is just too talented. And, you know, they're going to be the best team on the field, on the diamond, whoever they go against. But um, even if they slip up and, and lose this weekend, this is still the best team in the country in college baseball. And when you look at it right now, they have six players hitting over 300 for the season in nine games. The pitching staff has a .67 ERA earned run average, a .88 whip, a sub one whip from your entire pitching staff is insane. Whip is walks plus hits per inning. So they're giving up less than one walk plus hit per inning. That's insane stuff from our people that don't watch baseball. And then they are allowing a 165 batting average to their opponents while this team is hitting 300 collectively. So the team is hitting 300 and allowing a 165 batting average, the best team 
in the country and looking forward to supporting the baseball team. Once again, I'll be in the building at Minute Maid on Sunday to watch them play against UCLA. I'm glad that's the game I'm watching, you know, because Tennessee and LSU are a little stiffer <laughs> than UCLA. But um, either way, it's going to be three great, three great games, and you know, you're going to really see um, this Texas baseball team get challenged this weekend. But hopefully, you know, hook them. They come out 3-0 and and continue to dominate teams on their way to Omaha this summer. Coming up next, once again, I told you this is a Chris Beard stand account. I praise Chris Beard for his first season with the Texas Longhorns, and we get into a little preview of their last regular season game tomorrow against Kansas. Hungry? Try Built Bar, especially the Puffs. If you have it, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pop. Mmm, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Even the pups. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Stop eating candy bars. Eat built bars. Easier said than done. <laughs> Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new white chocolate cookies and cream. Mm. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Longhorn Nation, we have to praise Chris Beard for the job that he has done this season. I know that's tough to say coming off a loss to Baylor. They lost twice to Baylor this year. I know it's tough when we lost to Texas Tech twice this year. That's a game that we wanted to win twice. They were talking all kind of mess. We went into Lubbock. They tried to make it hostile. They were screaming and yelling all kind of crazy stuff on ESPN. I mean, they was just in there, like, you know, we did something to them, you know, I mean, we did take their coach, you know, but, uh, you know, they, they were in there mad at us, you know, and, and they validated, they won that game. And then they came into Austin, they took some tickets away from the students. They found the code. It was on Reddit. I don't know what they was on. And, and they got the, the codes from the students and they bought up that game, had half the arena, half the Irwin center uh, in red and black. And they won that game, you know? And, and so um, I think this team, I said it before, I think this team is a victim of their success. And success breeds expectations. And so when you go out there and, and you beat a Kansas or you beat a Tennessee, which is looking like um, two really good wins, Tennessee and Kansas are two of the best 15 teams in college basketball right now. You expect more. Uh, but we have to, you know, not look at the negatives and look at the positives and praise what Chris Beard has done this season for the Texas Longhorns basketball team. So I'm going to put it in perspective for you to help you do that. Chris Beard this season has won the most games in the regular season since 2015-2016 when Rick Barnes was the head coach. Once again, Chris Beard has won the most regular season games at the 40 Acres in men's basketball 
since Rick Barnes was the head coach. He's doing pretty good. <laughs> if he wins a NCAA tournament game this year, and Texas will likely be a four or five seed, unless they just collapse at the Big 12 tournament. If he wins an NCAA tournament game this year, it will be Texas basketball's first NCAA tournament win since Rick Barnes was the head coach. He's doing pretty well. <laughs> Three out of the nine losses this season by the Texas basketball team, I would consider bad. Only three. Kansas State at home, they only lost by one point, but I'll give you that. That's a bad loss. Okay. They also lost to Oklahoma State on the road. This team wasn't great on the road this year, but Oklahoma State, I'll give you that. That's a bad loss. They lost to Iowa State, and the way that Iowa State looks now, they've completely collapsed. So I'll give you that. That's a bad loss. At the time, they were ranked. They were looking good, you know, but now, you know, they scored 36 points last night in a total game, not in a half, in a total game. So it looks horrible now. So I'll give you that. That's a bad loss. Outside of that, they lost to Gonzaga, number one team in the country. Seton Hall, ranked. Two losses to Baylor, one of the best teams in the country. And two losses to Texas Tech, one of the best teams in the country. So three out of their nine losses are bad. And I'm kind of really it's two and a half for me because, once again, Iowa State was rolling at the time. You know, just kind of looking at it, you know, now as a horrible loss. But Chris Beard is doing really well. He has brought a toughness, a grittiness, and attention to detail that this program has not seen since Rick Barnes was the head coach. And I love Shaka Smart. I thought he, you know, he could have done more, but I don't think that he did a bad job. You know, I just think that Chris Beard has came in and elevated this program since taking over. Once again, brought in a grittiness, a toughness, and attention to detail, and just a fire. Um, that we haven't seen from the Texas men's basketball program in years. He brought in seven transfers, all coming in that were probably the number one options at their respective schools outside of like a Devin Askew and, and players like that. But you got a Marcus Carr, who was one of the leading scorers in college basketball last year at Minnesota. Um, Trey Mitchell, who was probably their best player on that UMass team. Timmy Allen, who was the number one option on that Utah team. And they came in and he's had to gel them and, and turn them from just kind of number one scorers doing everything from their program into being part of a winning culture and a winning basketball team. And he's largely done that with this team going 21 and nine. So once again, Chris Beard doing a really good job. And I love the fireside chats. If you haven't seen it yet, you have to go check out the fireside chat with Matthew McConaughey. He did one with Rick Barnes before the Tennessee game. Just a really good idea. Something I think that I want to bring uh, to the podcast for my YouTube viewers. Uh, I definitely want to do a fireside chat at some point. Uh, this year, I will do a fireside chat. Actually, let me let me put it on wax. I will do a fireside chat at some point this year in honor of Chris Beard, my favorite coach in college basketball, coaching my favorite team in college basketball. So tomorrow to close out the regular season, they have a tough matchup against Kansas. We saw they were able to beat Kansas in the Urban Center, probably their best win of the season thus far, um, although Tennessee looks really, really, really good. Right now, it can make some noise in the NCAA tournament. They won that game 79-76. to And some keys for this game, if they want to win in a very tough environment in Lawrence, uh, where Kansas doesn't lose pretty often. So it's going to take uh, a lot of attention to detail. And these three things I'm about to mention to you. One, they have to limit Ozai Abashi offensively, the leading scorer in the Big 12 right now with over 20 points a game. They held him to 11 points. Last time out on 11 shots, Courtney Ramey was huge defensively. 
um, just kind of face guarding him, not allowing him to get the ball. And when he did get the ball, forcing him into tough shots, not allowing him to get to the rim. So they're going to have to limit Ojai Abazi offensively again. Easier said than done. He's one of the best players in the country, one of the best players in college basketball. But you have no chance if you allow him to go, you know, for 25-30. So you have to limit him offensively. Two is you have to keep Deshaun Harris and Christian Braun off the three-point line. Once again, you're in a hostile environment in, you know, Lawrence, Kansas, at Kansas. And if they get to hitting threes and and just making tough shots like that, then that crowd is going to erupt. And it's just going to be good night for the Texas Longhorns basketball team. So they're going to have to limit um, their, their three-point shooting, force them off the three-point line, and, and make them make tough shots. You know, uh, like I said, if they get to making threes and, and that crowd gets into it, it's going to be really tough for the Texas Longhorns to weather that storm and win that basketball game. And then third, they're going to have to limit turnovers. So uh, Kansas is really good at forcing turnovers, especially when they're at home, getting out on the break. Um, they have so many athletes, you know, just make plays, throwing alley-oops, um, get into the rim and ones, get into the free throw line. And so you can't allow – we know that Texas is one of the best defensive teams in the country. You can't allow Kansas to get easy buckets in this game. You have to force them to play in the half court and have your defense set. If you turn the ball over, they will get the ball. They will run out, and they will score easy baskets on you, and you just have no chance of winning this game. So they have to limit turnovers, be efficient on the offensive end. Uh, Marcus Carr is going to have to get into the paint and, and get to his spots, you know, kind of um, force defenders uh, – beat defenders off the dribble – get to the rim, um, kind of do that little turnaround uh, jumper that he does in the paint. Andrew Jones is going to have to get back to the Andrew Jones that scored three straight 20-point games for the first time in his career. He's been cold lately. He's going to have to hit threes. Courtney Ramey um, is going to have to be good offensively. Um, He's going to have to give you double digits, I think. And then Courtney Bishop and Timmy Allen are going to have to win the matchup down low or at least not lose it. You know, it's going to be tough. Uh, We're missing sides with with Trey Mitchell, and and this is a team that's just, you know, struggled uh, with bigger teams, but – they're, they're going to have to at least not lose <laughs> the matchup down low um, or win it, you know, if, if Texas wants to win this game. But regardless of what happens tomorrow, uh, Chris Beard has had a hell of a season in his first year with this Texas men's basketball program. The future is bright moving forward. And I think this is a team that nobody wants to see in the Big 12 Conference Tournament in the, in, and in the NCAA Tournament, one of the best teams, especially on defense in college basketball and have a lot of offensive firepower that if it clicks in any one game, um, you know, this team can go far. So I said on the podcast yesterday, I think Sweet 16 might be the ceiling for this team, which is really good, especially in Chris Beer's first year. Um, But, you know, anything can happen. That's why it's called March Madness. Thank you, Longhorn Nation, for once again tapping into Locked On Longhorns and making us your first listen of the day. I hope you have a great weekend. Make sure you're supporting your Texas basketball teams, men and women, as the women play the last basketball game in the Irwin Center tomorrow, the men on the road at Kansas. And then, of course, your number one baseball team in the country is in Houston for a three-game set. Peace. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today. 
or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts.